Hello, this is Paul Bainsford and this is the IPA podcast. Uh, this week we've got a slightly shorter than usual uh, edition, um, but interesting I hope nevertheless. Uh, earlier this month we held the IPA commercial conference at the British Library um, and, and a jolly good thing it was too. Um, we had some great presentations from uh, Liz Burnett who talked about uh, the long and the short of it, how it's important and why it's important to continue to build your brand in the long run as well as as well as take advantage of short-term uh, sales activation campaigns uh, and how they work together so well. We heard about content, the growing importance of content for brands from Gravity Road and we also had some uh, very interesting research from Paul and Partners on why we need to look at re-engineering the client and agency relationship. Uh, but in fact, uh, the presentation that, that, that garnered the most interest and, and certainly if you are to measure these things in terms of social media activity, uh, it was the presentation that we heard from Professor Norina Hertz. Now, Norina Hertz, uh, for those of you who don't know her, is one of the world's most famous uh, economists. And for over two decades, Norina's uh, economic predictions have been accurate and ahead of the curve. Um, in fact, she predicted uh, in her 2005 book, The Debt Threat, the 2008 financial crisis. So she's clearly someone who's got her finger on the pulse. Um, she's also been involved in the development of RED, which is the innovative commercial model that raises money for people with AIDS in Africa and uh, inspired Bono, uh, the U2 guy, to be the co-founder of the project with her writings. Um, She's a, she's a tremendously clever lady. Uh, she's uh, the Duesenberg Professor for Globalization. Uh, she's uh, also uh, active at the University of Cambridge. Uh, she's a fellow of University College London. And I managed to grab her after, the, uh, after she spoke at the conference uh, for a quick chat. Uh, and this is what she said. Okay, so Narina, uh, thank you very much for coming and talking at our commercial conference. Um, judging by the response, uh, it went down very well. And I know you were talking a lot about how the world is changing and what sort of pressures that puts on, on companies. Uh, obviously, you talked a lot about agility. Um, can, you, can you just sort of uh, talk to me a little bit about why that's so important today? Well, we're living in an incredibly fast-moving world. I mean, I'm sure everyone listening to this podcast in their own business has been facing disruption, um, in their own business has been facing the challenges of a world in which the economy um, has been challenging. And even though there's been some recovery um, of late, that's definitely not guaranteed to be the case moving forward. I think everyone in the audience um, is very aware of how the competitive landscape um, is changing how not only as advertising agencies are you having to compete with other advertising agencies but increasingly with people who weren't even in advertising, consultancy firms, um, newcomers, um, with companies wanting to do work in-house and then of course technology changing industry after industry, sector after sector. So um, what's critical at a time like this is for your organisation to be more agile than your competitors. If the world around you is moving faster than you are, then the likelihood is you've got a big problem. 
Um, and it's not just you've got to be more agile, you have to be more innovative as well, more creative, more efficient, more effective, um, faster. And also, I would argue, you have to outsmart your competitors. Um, you know, increasingly, those who succeed in this environment will be the ones with the better insights, with the more granular data, with the better metrics to be able to measure the effectiveness of what they're up to. Um, it's a, it's a, and it's easy to say uh, that organisations need to change and become more agile. It's, in my experience, organisations find it very difficult to change the way they do business. Mm. Well, you know, looking at it from your point of view, and you, I know you, you talk to lots of businesses and you are involved in businesses yourself. Um, what do you think the key to being prepared to change is and, and how should companies approach this, this new era of, of change? Mm. Well, I think one absolutely key thing, and this sounds counterintuitive, um, is to make sure that your organisation is not all singing from the same hymn sheet. Um, you know, we think that Kumbaya, all on the same page, is great for group decision making, but in challenging times where you need to be innovative, it's actually a terrible thing. And what my research has found and my direct work with kind of many successful organizations globally is that actually the organizations that are able to be most agile are those that are embracing what I call a culture of dissent within the organization. So Eric Schmidt, for example, the chairman of Google, told me about how in meetings he looks for the person who's looking skeptical, the person who's rolling their eyes and he intentionally brings them into the conversation. It's about um, also creating a leadership team that is diverse. I mean, this may sound like some kind of, um, I don't know, do good thing to be doing, but actually um, there's real value, it turns out, to creating leadership teams that are diverse, um, different genders, different ethnicities, different ages. Um, research shows that um, big companies, market caps of over $10 million, are 26% more profitable if they have at least woman on, one woman on the board, for example. Um, it makes sense you know, if you have different people in leadership positions with different backgrounds, different experiences, different perspectives, you're going to be better at solving problems and being able to be more agile. Well, we would heartily endorse that way of thinking. Indeed, the, the advertising industry sort of led by the IPA is, is undergoing a sort of self-examination about have we got enough diversity at the top and we're trying and there's a will to achieve it I mean we we've always been good at hiring women in advertising mm -hmm. we tend to lose them as as you know time goes by and there are a few at the top than there should be but there's a real drive on to achieve that but let me let me come back to advertising agencies because at their best agencies can be change agents they can be the people saying the thing in the room with the top executives that nobody else is thinking. Mm. But we heard today how often it is the case that the chief exec and the chief financial officers in companies uh, tend to regard the advertising budget as a cost, not an investment, and that agencies are finding it difficult to get in front of these people these days. What, what advice would you have to agencies to, to as it were, um, improve their sphere of influence and, and get into that C-suite and, and, and make people listen to what they've got to say? Mm. I think in part it's about networking in the right places. Um, you know, I think it is the right insight that just having relationships with chief marketing officers is probably not the best strategy. 
And so, you know, where are the CEOs hanging out? Where are the CFOs hanging out? Are these the places that your top execs are hanging out to? Because if, because if not, you might want to do something about that. So it's having that face-to-face -face interaction in the first place. I think, secondly, it's about being able to demonstrate um, more effectively the value that you um, are bringing to the client. Um, in part, it's about having metrics and having the right metrics and having invested in that yourself so that you can demonstrate um, to people who think in numbers terms of, about the value you're adding. Um, in part, it's about finding your allies within your client organizations and working out with them how you can best convey the marketing advertising story because you know chief marketing officers are often you know battling internally with how to get budget with how to get the kudos that they should be getting um, so you know you're, you can they can be your allies in this process as well we heard from les binet um, or les binet i think he he pronounces it about the long and the short term effects of, of brand building versus sales activations. Um, in, in my experience, um, too many companies are focused on the short term with, with quarterly reporting and all the rest of it. Do you think that there is an understanding at the top level of the importance of, of spending money over the long term and building brands for the future, or are we, are we stuck in this kind of vicious circle where everybody wants results tomorrow, mm -hmm. even if it's to the detriment of the long term success of a business? Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely a problem, you know, across industry, um, you know, because in line with reporting, traditional reporting, um, you know, everyone's focused on how the stock price is going to move when report, when, when quarterly reports comes out, and there is undue focus. And I mean, you know, thinking about meetings in CEOs' offices of big, major, multinational publicly listed companies, you know, there'll often be a ticker tape running in the background with the share price. I mean, if anything's going to keep you focused on short-term share price, um, it's going to be having that reminding you minute by minute of how your company's doing. Some companies famously, you know, have kind of said, we're not going to do this anymore like Unilever. Yes, that's right. Um, but they are still the exception. So I think, I think the challenge is to... Um, create narratives, and you guys in advertising are the best storytellers there, there are, create narratives which join the dots, actually, for um, the C-suite and show, well, you know, over time, this is what happens. And, you know, so that they get that maybe this isn't about um, sales of toasters increasing one quarter, but it's about, you know, over three years having this kind of continuous uptick um, as far as your products and services are concerned. So, yes, you guys are good at storytelling, so it's about telling perhaps your own story better. Okay, and then just the final um, question. You talked a little, bit about, a little bit about the fact that the economy's in a better place than it was, but we can't take that for granted. As a leading economist, what, what, what sort of um, future gazing are you doing? What do you think the next uh, five years hold for, for the British economy and the world economy generally. I mean, obviously, mm -hmm. we're saying this in the 
against mm. the backdrop of, of all the problems mm. in Greece. But mm. be interested to well, hear what you think. Yeah, I mean, firstly, I would never go as long as five years ahead because when the world's moving as fast as this, I think that would be a fool's game. But, but thinking over the next year, let's say, um, I think there's a number of potential game changers, each of which could derail the global economy. The first, of course, is Greece. We're going to know how that's going to play out very soon. Um, will it necessarily take Europe with it? No, it might not. Um, might it? Yes, it might. Game changer, potential game changer. Another is the price of oil. Um, huge variations in terms of predictions of where the price of oil is going to land over the next year. But if the price of oil lands at $45 a barrel, which is what The Economist is predicting, that's great for European businesses because Europe is basically a, um, Europe does better um, when oil is um, low priced because it's a net oil importer. Um, if the oil price were to go up to $90 a barrel, which Moody's is predicting, that would be calamitous for the European economy. So that's another potential game changer. Another is um, a raft of elections that we're going to see in Europe over the next few months. Um, Spain in November is the next one that people should be looking at with eagle eyes. Um, if Podemos, which is their far left party, gets into power, which it might well do, the, uh, it's polling very well at the moment, um, that'll be another example of a European country moving away from centre to either far right or far left. In France, of course, we've seen rises in far right, Front National. Recently, these will have implications in terms of Europe, EU, um, border movements, etc. Um, and then there is just the worrying kind of geopolitical problems um, of the moment, um, you know, terrorism. You know, if there were to be a major terrorist attack um, in Europe, that would obviously potentially have an impact on the global economy, but and especially European economy. I think Russia, um, you know, actually is probably more worrying potentially when it comes to impact on the economy. If Russia were to um, make another big move um, into another country's territory that could have really serious ramifications. So um, all, any, of the, any good news in, well, uh, all of these, all of these <laughs> are potential game changers. Um, we don't know how they're going to play out, but we do know that how they play out probably does matter. Great. Well, thanks again for talking to us. You've been an absolute mine of information. Uh, so thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> You've just been listening to... Um, Nuina Hertz, certainly the cleverest person I've met this year, and I hope you enjoyed her observations and insights as much as I did. Uh, now, uh, if you did miss the commercial conference, do go to the IPA page on the, on the YouTube uh, platform. You'll find that pretty much most of the presentations that were made that day have all been uploaded. So if you missed any of them, do go on there and, and catch up. Now, next time, I'm going to be talking to Karen Blackett. Karen Blackett is the chief exec of Mediacom. She's probably the best-known media person in the UK. Uh, and she was recently um, voted the most influential black person in Britain today. So I'm going to be uh, going over to her office and having a chat with her. Uh, and do watch out for that one. It'll be coming up soon. This has been Paul Bainsfair, and this has been the IPA Podcast. Thank you.